Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lobanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. You're listening to Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. You know, he's dynamic with the football in his hands, whether it's through a handoff, whether it's through a short pass, a long pass. Um, you know, he caught a slant against the Packers, so um, we're going to try to find ways to get in the football. Galvin Cook, big running room across midfield. Inside the 30 with a man to beat him down and Cook is tripped up inside the 10. You know, when you haven't played in six weeks and you haven't practiced all that much, I just think I think he'll continue to get better, see some of the some of the cuts a little bit better as, as it gets going. Dalvin's a pretty confident guy, um, but I do think, you know, him being able to go through there and coming in today and feeling great, uh, I think that that's all good for going forward. Um. Was anybody else holding their breath when he was cutting it loose 70 yards, thinking, oh, hamstring, hamstring, oh, hamstring? Absolutely. He probably was, too. Absolutely. Did, did you see the stat on, on that, though, about his speed on, on that run? It was like 22 miles an hour. It was, that, the fa- it, was the fastest, it was the fastest run by a player this season. But he got tracked down. I know. But it said he How fast was the other guy? He was running, running he was he was moving at twenty two point zero seven miles per hour, the fastest of any player in an NFL game this what, season. And the defensive back was in an indie car? I don't know. <laughs> well the defensive back had the angle. That I was guess. Nice. But I was nervous. I, I was thinking the exact same thing because in, in the runs previous to that, I was thinking I don't think the burst is quite back yet. And so I did think to myself, my God, at the 40, he's going to topple over. And oh, pull. yeah. He's going to grab his hamstring, and there you go. You almost like wanted him to trip or something after 20 just to make, <laughs> just to not cut it open. Well, I'm wondering if the tops, if was that like a top speed at like his fastest point on that run, maybe? Or was it like he averaged like 22 miles an hour or whatever it was? There's no way he was running 22 miles an hour at the end of the run when someone caught him, that, that's right? What, that's what I'm thinking. Like he slowed down at the end, and that's how they ended up catching him. That's, I mean, 22 miles an hour. You guys remember when you first started driving, when you got your permit when you were 15, and how fast it felt like you were going when you got up to 25 or 30 miles an hour in a car? I was terrified. And, and that dude was running almost that fast. So, so if he is successful at his craft, what what is the fastest that Byron Buxton can get to, for instance, do you think? I think we can track that. I'm pretty sure MLB... I'd be curious. So MLB has a thing in the outfield now, and teams have... I, I think this is an available stat on like Statcast, MLB Statcast. Um, I don't know what the miles per hour is, but it's probably in that range. In fact, it's like forty. I wonder if you just if you oh, just I didn't even see him. If you just do a Google search, how fast can Byron Buxton run? This should be a sponsor. We could have like a <laughs> Amazon uh, uh, Elite Sprint Speed. Yeah, I don't know. 
I think we've seen like how fast in terms of seconds he can round the bases in thirteen point eight five seconds. Okay, and you have to factor that in too because he's he's changing. He's like turning corners right. as he's going around the bases, and even in the case of Dalvin Cook, he's wearing a helmet and shoulder pads and here it all is. sorts of stuff too. Twenty one miles an hour, Byron Buxton. Ooh, Byron Buxton. Statcast tells you Buxton's sprint speed of thirty and a half feet per second. Or twenty point eight miles per hour is the mm. fastest in the majors. And how fast was Dalvin Cook running with 22, pads on? Twenty two point one, basically. So Dalvin Cook is faster than Byron Buxton. I would never have guessed that with pads, with shoulder pads on, and a helmet. So okay, but let's say you gave Byron Buxton a football and said, "Run, run straight ahead." And to Manny's point, there's no turning involved at all. Straight on speed. So I guess what we need to know is, is this straight on speed for Buxton? Is this Correct. home to first would be, you pick up full speed from home to first by the time you get to first base. It's 90 feet. So what is that? What's my math? 30 yards. By the time you run 30 yards in the NFL, are you operating at full speed? But yeah. but if this yeah, tracks you in the outfield, if you're running full on for a fly ball, now maybe when you're running for a fly ball, you're not, are you not running 100% because you're also looking for the ball? Oh, Buxton <laughs> is because he's going to run into the damn wall and kill himself. <laughs> Um, man. So you guys were you guys were talking earlier, I believe, about the Vikings as they stack up going into the bye week against the Rams and the Saints. And if the question is in a rematch, what happens in each of those scenarios? Mm-hmm. Man, the Rams and the Saints. Look, that was a haymaker fest yeah, yesterday. That's what I was telling Judd earlier today. Yeah, I don't know if you can now. It's if they played if the Vikings played the Saints ten times, they don't win zero. Right, but they don't win. Seven, but how about the Rams? See, the Rams intrigue me because I'll go back to what I told you about three weeks ago. I think in a one-game playoff type of atmosphere, Zimmer against McVeigh and Jared Goff has a real chance because yeah. because the thirty-eight thirty-one game for for the Vikings was out of character completely. That's not their game. But let's say you design a game plan in, in which your offense operates efficiently but doesn't have to be fantastic. But mm-hmm. it can score some points. But more importantly, your defense plays a game similar to what, what it played on Sunday against the Lions. Now, you're not going to get 10 sacks against the Rams, but if your defense plays that well and you've schemed things up for just one game, I think you could win that game. I really do. Yeah, I well, yes. You're not going to... You're not going to go 0 for 10 if you played them 10 times. I'm trying to figure out like what kind of an edge do those teams have on the Vikings. But here's something too worth noting and the Vikings would have the Vikings would have a better chance against the Rams. I agree with you for that reason and that I'd rather draw Jared Goff than than Drew Brees. And I think I'd rather draw a road environment in LA versus a road environment in the Mercedes-Benz our Twitter poll. Superdome or whatever. Yes, sir. What's uh what's the poll at right now? There's look, no way you want Drew Brees no. in that atmosphere. No, our Twitter poll is is heavily uh, towards the Coliseum right now. Let's yeah. see if I can. Because it's not even. It's just not a. It's Eighty-five a, fifteen. Okay. Towards the Coliseum. Eighty-five fifteen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that you'd rather sense. you'd rather draw them, um, but the, what the Vikings do have are two of, if if not the two most important ingredients when it comes to winning a Super Bowl, pass rush, and throwing the ball. If you can. I'm not saying those are the only two things that you need. If you don't have a running game, it's going to be tough to middle clock, et cetera. And you, if another team gashes you on the ground, uh, et cetera. But if you can throw the ball with consistency and if you can stop the opposing team or make them uncomfortable in throwing the ball, mm-hmm. you have a really good chance against almost anybody. And the Vikings yesterday, that's I get that the Lions are in shambles and they just lost their best wide receiver and 
Matt Patricia is kind of a disaster, but ten sacks against anybody in the NFL is ridiculous. The template for the template, though, to, to me was the most important thing. That's the that is exactly the style of game that they want to play, and and I will say that it, it is my firm belief that if Dalvin Cook is there offensively, it makes a world of difference because it opens up portions of your playbook that we don't see them use when he doesn't play, mm-hmm. which is the screen game. The most important Dalvin Cook play to me on Sunday was not the long run. It was the it was I think a screen pass. It was a short gain, and he got up and pounded the turf because he almost broke away. That's the type of play in a playoff game that can definitely work. That's and that's why Cook's presence in that offense it gives Cousins a short outlet pass. And keep in mind too, he can do three things: he can help block, he can catch passes, and he can run. Yeah. Uh, this was Mike Zimmer yesterday on the the sacks that we mentioned a little bit ago. You know, it was probably 50-50. Uh, a lot of them was really good coverage. Uh, we got him to hold the ball uh, a few times, uh, which was which was good. And then, uh, you know, there were some other times we just beat people. We had, you know, the game uh, where Tom and Sheldon, that one was a good one. Donnell had a good one. He beat the guy quick. It always usually goes hand in hand, I think. Uh, but we, we, we made him pull the ball down a few yeah. times. Uh, the Vikings might have the best pass rusher in the NFL right now, too. I don't know how many guys you would definitively say are more ferocious and fast and just good at once they get there making something happen than Daniil Hunter. Uh, we should talk more about him and the defense. Also, Andy Greeter is going to join the show at 4.30 to discuss the Gophers' firing of their defensive coordinator after that happened against Illinois on Perha- Saturday. Perhaps the most deserved sports firing ever in the state. Like, was it PJ approaching him or did he turn in his card keys after the game was over? You have to just turn in your card keys, right? Yep. Well, why did Sorry, you drive guys. back from Champaign, right? You just say, Peach, don't worry about it. I'm not even going to be on the plane. <laughs> it's like I'm if- renting a car and I'll drive home and I'm going to pick up my family and then we're going to leave Minneapolis and forget this ever <laughs> happened to us. So uh, we'll do that. And the, the official football hour in the 5 o'clock includes Matthew Collar. And, oh, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but the Packers lost yesterday. Uh, I know uh, a couple of people that won't be back next year. Randall Cobb will not be back. Yeah, Clay gone. Matthews will not be back. Yep. Nick Perry will not be back. Mike McCarthy will not be back. <laughs> you will have a whole new offensive staff next year and a head coach next year. Um, so that's the bad. That's the bad thing. You're still relying on youth. Uh, Kevin Kevin King can't stay healthy. That's why you should have sent picks to Arizona for Patrick Peterson if you could have, but. Um, they got eight games. If they go anything less than seven and one, I don't know. We all should go crazy. We seven and one. The only game that they should lose, but they can't lose, is that Minnesota game. They better win every last one of these eight games. And if they lose that Minnesota game, they're going to be fighting for their life to get a wild card spot. And they're going to lose in the second round anyway because they're not going to New Orleans. They're not. They're not a Super Bowl team. Absolutely not. Uh, there's a bunch, of, uh, and we'll play them throughout the show, too. Hey, if, if they don't appreciate their quarterback, I'm sure there's some other teams in the NFL that'll appreciate their quarterback. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast. People, here. people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Yeah. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Please keep working during the following announcement. Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 
ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here. 35W northbound. We still have that crash in Moundsview uh, between Highway 10 and Ramsey County Road I. And uh, the delay has gone up to about six minutes now. So if you're headed northbound on W, uh, be on the lookout for that, gentlemen. Galvin Cook, big running room across midfield. Inside the 30 with a man to beat him. Galvin Cook is tripped up inside the 10. Okay, uh, Bill tweets in the show here on our Who's Faster discussion. Uh, Dalvin Cook or Byron Buxton? Because the immediate answer is, oh, Byron Buxton, right? He he also looks faster. He's got the longer legs, right? Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook's a little got that little kind of stocky. Not know, stocky. Stocky makes him sound fat. But he doesn't run like a deer, and Buxton does, right? But according to the data, his top speed on that run yesterday was twenty two point eight miles per hour, right? Or twenty two point something miles 22. per hour. Twenty two point zero seven. And Byron Buxton's top speed on a baseball field is 20.8 miles an hour. But Bill points out, he's right about this, that uh, you're, when you're running in the outfield, you're never full open throttle running because you're also trying to track down a fly ball. You ever try to run full speed and then read something or look at something specific? It's mm-hmm. almost impossible because your, your head's bouncing around. So. Mm-hmm. If you put Byron Buxton on a field and gave him a football and said, run 70 yards as fast as you possibly can and then see what the miles per hour are, it would probably be more than Dalvin Cook, right? Yeah, I would get the the only difference is, and the impressive thing about Cook is the fact that he did do it with pads on. Mm -hmm. So if you put them, because I I believe that if you put them at the end zone and said, just run, Buxton wins. But it is interesting that Cook had that speed with pads on. So I'm not, I don't know for sure. Yeah. I'd say Buxton, but I'm not sure. I love to just see two of them, the, the both of them just race. Just sprint. You realize, sprint 50 yards. you realize they would both collapse to the ground with something wrong, right? Well, Dalvin Cook, <laughs> Dalvin Cook, you just, you just ask for more, for this poor sports town. Dalvin Cook would, would <laughs> pop something. Yeah, and Byron Buxton like wouldn't stop in time and would hit whatever it is that, that's at the end of the. Byron would just <laughs> go the four hundred yards and go right into the wall. <laughs> the concussion problem. Um, we were we were watching the game in here yesterday for Vikings vent line, and that was uh, that was maybe the signature game of Daniil Hunter's career. What three and a half sacks and the, the scoop and score touchdown. Yep, and he's I would be shocked if he's not defensive player of the week in the NFC, but. There can't be another more menacing player along a defensive line. That dude looks like an NBA player. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's a power forward or a small forward or something. How tall is he? I guess he'd be a shooting guard. Six five, six, six five. Yeah, he'd be like a small forward, but a hulked out small forward. There's not an. He's got negative body fat for God's sakes. Yep. His organs turn into muscles. I think he probably <laughs> sacrificed. His Wouldn't that be nice to have that? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be nice if we could all say that our organs turn into muscles? Yeah. What happened to your gallbladder? Oh, I turned it into part of my bicep. <laughs> and I'm sacking quarterbacks now, dude. I mean, like he's he he's he looks like an NBA player. If you if you just put a, a, a NFL jersey on him and shoulder pads and didn't put a number, so you wouldn't know that he's a defensive lineman. You'd, yep. In what position? Well, he's probably a tight end. So he, I don't know. And then he and then he. Puts a hand in the dirt and he beats anyone he's across from, and he outruns quarterbacks. He runs like a wide receiver too. Yeah. yeah besides that, he's not that good though. Yeah. But he and the the return of Griffin uh, to form 
against Detroit was absolutely huge because together those two are unstoppable. Mm-hmm. If if you take one away, you, you you can concentrate on one. But I really think the most important thing was the fact that they both played and played well. And Detroit, I understand they're not good. I think they hate their coach. They traded Golden Tate. I get all that. But I do believe that the return of Griffin now to to starting and to playing well combined with Hunter playing as well as he is this year makes a huge difference. Yes. And it also when those guys are playing like that and when they're able to and would they do that against the Saints? I mean they didn't. But Yeah, and it wouldn't be 10 sacks, but let's say let's say it's 3 or 4. Yeah, 3 4 5 whatever the number is. Right. It allows Kirk Cousins mistakes too. He doesn't have to all of a sudden be perfect. If you start to if you if you want to start to stack the Vikings up against the Rams and let's let's stack them up against the Saints. I think the Saints show that they're the best team in the NFC last night. I get it was a home game for them. If you flip it around, maybe they lose. And they did look leaky in the second half, but they won the game and they won decisively. They were up by 17 points or 18 points at one point. But Kirk Cousins is never going to be the better quarterback head-to-head against Drew Brees unless Drew Brees is 50 years old and just can't play anymore. So you're ne- even Kirk Cousins on his best day is probably not going to outduel Drew Brees. So what are the other ways in which you can even that score? And the answer is a pass rush that flusters Drew Brees more than the Saints pass rush flusters Kirk Cousins. Uh, I mean, Cousins yesterday had two of those blue screen moments, as we talk about on this show, where everything's fine, everything's fine, and then all of a sudden, like, your computer dies, <laughs> and he throws a dumb interception out to the right. And app and- crashes. Exactly. <laughs> I asked about it. I, I asked him. I said, what happened? And he uh, he he eventually came around and said, I should have dirted that ball. Because he, he, it, it was a weird play. Treadwell goes out for the pass, and and so, but at first... It looked like Treadwell possibly screwed up, but then Thielen comes cutting across, and he is—he essentially said that ideally Treadwell takes out that corner and opens up that route. But yeah, he is going to be the thing about this offense, though. And if the defense is playing like it did on Sunday, the, the thing about the Vikings is you need your offense to be pretty much air-free, but you only need them to be efficient. If you go, if you go, Phil to Cousins and say, "Kirk, sit down for a second. He says, "Yeah, what's up?" And you say, "You got to win this game. You're inviting disaster, right?" Because then he's trying to do things he can't do or that he can do, but as you talk about, the blue screen comes in. But if you go to him and say, "I need you to play well. I need you to. to I need you to essentially do a good job." And this is not a put down of managing the game because the defense is so good. I think that's the formula for success. If he, if you're saying if he goes into a game and his first thought is don't fumble and don't throw an interception yeah. and then whatever else you can add, that's how you beat the Saints, right? Correct. That's how you beat the the Los Angeles Rams Man- in a road game. Managing the game has become a damning term, and it shouldn't be. Managing the game is smart. Aaron Rodgers sort of manages the game, right? If you're if you're only throwing six interceptions in a full year, or Tom Brady, Tom Brady, I think he has six or seven right now. That's but- what came to mind for me. So, but the difference with those guys is their first thought is don't throw an interception. But even while doing that, they're able to throw for 350 yards and four <laughs> touchdowns on a regular basis, and and put up 40 touchdowns in a season. So that's that's a little bit different. But I guess my point off yesterday's game is he did have a couple moments, especially the interception where you thought, Jesus, dude, what are you doing? What like, what goes through your brain when you throw that interception? I get that you're trying to force it to Thielen. And they did a great job with Stefan Diggs out, just focusing their best cornerback on Adam Thielen and putting two guys on him. He was only targeted seven times, which is low for him. But because your defense was so great and your pass rush is back, 
it affords Kirk Cousins a couple opportunities to do some wonky things. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to Daniil Hunter very quickly, gentlemen, um, 11 and a half sacks right now leads the league. Yeah. 13 tackles for loss leads the league. That's pretty impressive. So he's on he's, he's on pace for well, not quite 20 sacks, but somewhat close, somewhere in that neighborhood. 17, 18. And yeah. the contract that kicks in, in in 2019 is what, 12, 13 mil per season? I think so. That is going to be an absolute bargain. Yeah. He's tied with Aaron Donald for the league league in, in, uh, with 13 tackles for a loss. And that's a third-round draft pick, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile... Hey, man, listen, I remember my first and second marriage, and I couldn't wait for both of them to be over. Whoa. I can't, I can't, I can't wait for this one to be over. Wow, the first and second one. Hey, yeah, you get third time, you might get it right. Listen, uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I sure as hell hope so. Hey, this is the only coach he knows, and I think that, you know, this marriage between them is bad. He don't like to be in the same room. He don't want to listen to him no more. And more and more, I look at this guy. He is a prima donna. He, you know, he think his, you know, what don't stink. And I, I don't know who you can get to bring in to uh, corral this dude. Um, Sean Payton, you know, if he was to be, you know, do something and maybe get out of New Orleans, maybe. But oh, yeah. I'd like to say you need that young offensive mind. That and I like the Shanahan before he went out to 49ers, But I don't even know who you can get to bring in here. Packer vent line, courtesy of the fan in Milwaukee, the yeah. Green and Gold. I'm, I'm sure Sean show. Payton's just dying to leave New Orleans right now to go up to Green Bay. Yeah. Well, have you asked him? <laughs> Doesn't what, hurt to ask. What is going through the mind of any human being when they're thinking, I can't wait till this is all done? And this Rogers thing, I can't wait till he's gone. Go, Pat, go! Bill, I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. Aaron Rodgers is a problem with this offense. Release him today. <laughs> Cut him. Bench him. Uh, also, this DJ84 tweets into the show on the Dalvin Cook or Byron Buxton who's faster conversation. He says the real question is who can hit a curveball? <laughs> Might actually put those guys neck and neck for that based on what we've seen in four years with Byron. Com. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, there's so much to do. On 1500 ESPN. You heard Mackie talking about his uh, friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota just a few moments ago. Well, tell you what, now up for grabs on the 1500 ESPN stream player, a $25 Hy-Vee gift card. Thanks to Luther Brookdale Toyota. Shop where Mackie shops. Head yeah. to 1500ESPN.com. Click on the stream player and find out how to win. The 1500 ESPN Twitter polls just keep coming today. Our third one, after his 70-yard run on Sunday, the stats came out that Dalvin Cook clocked at 22 miles per hour. Mackie and Jed are wondering who is really faster. 99 votes so far between Byron Buxton and Dalvin Cook. 70% saying Byron Buxton, including me. So who's faster? But statistically, from what we've tracked with Major League Baseball stat cast and NFL... The fastest clocked speed between the two of them is Dalvin Cook yesterday. So we need him to two race. Two miles per hour faster. So we need we need them to race. And then, as, as I said, 
in this town, they'll both get hurt while yeah. they're racing, and they'll both be lost for extended periods of time. Maybe we should just see who can jog the fastest. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want them. Maybe we don't want them. Maybe we don't want jog. them sprinting because we don't want either of them to tear a hamstring or anything like that, right? Maybe just maybe just a light warm up. Just uh, you know. Um, well, this happened over the weekend. Watch out right here, Reggie Corbin across the fifty. Reggie Corbin. He's been doing this all season long. Illinois, 72 yards. Another play action throw and a completion. And Ricky Smalling is off to the races. Gets by Jacob Huff and gets into the end zone for a 67-yard score. Corbin, look out, look out, Reggie Corbin. With Bush leading the way. Get out of the way, Bush. Touchdown. You guys ever seen Ghostbusters, the original one? With, uh, Not in the theater, yes. Yeah. Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press. You ever see Ghostbusters with Bill Murray? and? Oh, absolutely. Remember that scene where they're down in the tunnel? This might have been Ghostbusters 2, actually. Where they're down in the tunnel and they're looking for Vigo's home. And, uh, and that ghost train runs through one of them. Runs through, I think it was Dan Aykroyd. That's what, Ill- that's what I felt like watching that game. Just like Illinois on the ghost train running through 11 Gophers defenders. Or did I miss something? Did the Gophers only have five defenders on the field? And Yeah, it was it was amazing to see kind of how they would isolate um, one or two Gopher defenders, and they would lunge and miss tackles, whiff tackles, and then it would be off to the races. And it was something that we saw uh, on Saturday. It's something that we saw a couple weeks ago at Nebraska. It's something that we saw in the Big Ten opener at Maryland, um, and all three of those teams would find a way to, to get a one-on-one matchup, and there would be nobody else around them. They'd break a tackle, and they'd be off to the races, and, and in all three of these games, they've uh, set or come near to uh, setting records uh, for how poor these performances have been. Greeter, uh, six games so far in the Big Ten for the Gophers, 259 points against, 43.2 per game. 3,046 yards against in six games. That averages out to 507.7 per game. It's awfully biased, but... Andy, what did Rob Smith intend to do defensively? Like, what was his defense? What, what, and it's not the missed tackle defense. There's no such thing. What did Rob Smith, in, in his dreams when he got, got here from Arkansas, what did he intend to do defensively that absolutely didn't work? Well, I think, uh, you know, it was kind of a base 4-3. Kind of everyone has uh, their own gap. They tried to be sound uh, that way defensively. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you saw... Time and again, where and especially last week uh, or on Saturday, where people would not have the right assignment. They would there would be multiple gaps open, and you would see guys either not responding to a pulled tackle read, not being able to find out where their guy in defense and pass defense was supposed to be, and then it'd be off to the races. So I think it was breakdowns schematically and breakdowns in personnel and breakdowns in talent as well where you're not seeing guys that are able to make those plays even if they're in the right spot. So, okay, Andy Greeter is with us here from the Pioneer Press and TwinCities.com. Go for football is the conversation. I'd have to imagine that P.J. Fleck didn't envision taking over this and then having to replace one of his key assistant coaches within a couple of years. So how... You know, how does this reflect on the vision? How does this reflect on what P.J. Fleck is trying to build here? 
Well, I can't see how it reflects glowing, for sure. I mean, this was a guy that was his defensive coordinator a year and a half ago, and to have to dismiss him 21 games into their partnership uh, doesn't look good. And, you know, a couple weeks ago in Nebraska, he said that he had 100% confidence in all of his assistants. And then uh, this week uh, in Champaign, I asked him if he felt like they were strong schematically. And he said, yeah, we believe in all of our schemes. And then, you know, less than 24 hours later, He's firing his defensive coordinator. And uh, this is also from the coach that has been preaching about cultural sustainability. And to fire your number two assistant, Kirk Scirocco, I believe is the number one assistant, uh, doesn't reflect uh, you know, brightly on, on how things have gone. Uh, that's for sure. Am I correct in saying that, that offensively, though, that this team doesn't seem to be on a positive track? Because I... My whole thing was was Smith had to be fired because I think Fleck is doing some good good things here, and I think offensively we have seen definite growth, and and there are areas of this team that are positives. But it was just that the defense it wasn't just bad; it was horrendous. Yeah, and that was that was the biggest thing is offensively is where they're starting all the young players, and offensively is where they're having the success. And defensively, they've had either nine or ten upperclassmen or guys that uh, are not freshmen. I'll play on that unit. And I think one of the biggest black eyes for Rob Smith's defense is he was also the linebacker coach. You would see guys like Kamal Martin or, or Thomas Barber and, and uh, Blake Cashman either not in the right gap or trying to do too much or, or being confused out there. So it was kind of a double whammy for, for Rob Smith where his position group was also one of the ones that had the experience and were making the mistakes. Andy, you know, I look at that the first half against Ohio State a few weeks back and where it it looked like defensively there was a little bit of something there, even though they had Mm -hmm. been struggling the first couple Big Ten games. And then it just like ever since like the second half of the Ohio State game and and onward, it's just been a disaster. So I'm, I'm wondering if that first half that we saw against Ohio state, was that at least a sign of that there is something there and that they just need to get the right, the right coordinator and the right scheme in place? Or is this going to be sort of a bigger building project defensively for PJ Fleck? You know, I think they're going to run the same type of stuff. I think there's still going to be a four, three, you know, one gap in run responsibilities, try to play press man defense. Um, but uh, they've had to go away from that, um, and we see a lot of off coverage, a lot of opportunities for people to throw underneath, and, and that's what teams have done uh, to take advantage of them in the passing game. And, yeah, on that Ricky Smalling uh, touchdown on Saturday, I mean, it was one missed tackle and gone. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to try to stay the same way with what they're going to do. That's how they've been recruiting uh, to do a 4-3. I think they feel like they have – players especially in the front seven and that's why you saw things change after that maryland game where they tried to you know just keep everything in front of them they felt like okay if they're able to you know kind of stop the run and keep everything in front they can do a bend not break type defense and and that can maybe be enough to be successful uh but i think what we've seen here time and again is when you have a spread offense and you have a quarterback that has a threat to run and they try to run a read option and isolate someone and not block uh, you know, a defender on the edge, and that has been the biggest uh, problem that this team has had time and again is is once you try to get this go for defense out in space, uh, they can be exposed. And I think it's also worth noting that, you know, some of these guys have been playmakers. Like Reggie Corbin 
Uh, I watched the game back yesterday, and he made some cuts in, in, in tight spaces that, you know, were just filthy. And I think it was his individual performance stacked on top of a poor Gophers performance that blew up in 430 yards rushing. Yeah. Hey, Andy, just, just to be totally clear here, is there any indication that that P.J. Flex ground here is shaky if they don't, you know, pull out a win or two and make this season at least feel a little bit better? Uh, or is this despite the firing of the defensive coordinator and maybe fans and media getting a little bit uh, anxious. Is this a, is this a five year thing for him regardless? What are your, what are your senses? My sense is, yeah, there's, he's not on shaky ground. I think okay. he has a strong relationship with Mark Coyle. I think last year when they were going into the Wisconsin game at, at five and six and PJ got a one year rollover extension, I think it, it showed that this is going to be a, a long-term plan yeah, I mean they're they're stuck at four wins, and I don't see another win on the schedule with the Purdue team that's playing well, Northwestern who's leading the West, and and Wisconsin who has you know steamrolled the Gophers for 13 straight years now. So I see, you know, four and eight finish, which is you know a step back from what they went last year. And I think when you looked at the at the season at the start, you thought, okay, this could be a bowl team. You know, if they beat teams like like Nebraska or if they beat teams. Like Illinois, if they're able to, and I don't think Purdue was thought of as highly at the beginning of the year, but they've turned it on. There was a path to six wins, and that would have been an improvement. But yeah, we're seeing a regression here, but I don't see any sort of, you know, threat to PJ and his job and what he's trying to build here. I think that they they knew going in that this is going to take some time, and uh, you know, I think that next year is going to be when there's going to need to be some improvement, and then we can have this conversation. I think the answers will be different. The fact that you went back and watched that debacle. You- <laughs> You get a Mackie and Judd. Football! Football, yeah! Football! Football! Get some! I would subscribe to the Pioneer Press in St. Louis Park if I could after hearing that, yeah, Andy Greeter. I know, right? I know. Well, here's, here's the thing. They hit, they missed 18 tackles, and it was a season high against Nebraska, and I am down for 22 missed tackles against the Illini. So it was, oh it was that bad. 22 missed tackles. Boy, yeah, that oh, is just... A uh, lot of commitment on your boy. part to watch that again. <laughs> Good work, Andy. Roll, roll the boat, everybody. Even if your oars are broken halfway down. Uh, Andy, we appreciate the insight. If people want to read his stuff on the Gophers, uh, TwinCities.com, or you can subscribe uh, the old-fashioned way to the Pioneer Press. See you, Andy. Thanks. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Bye. All right. Yeah, man. Boy, that was like it, just instant. You were kind of on this for a while that they probably got to fire the defensive coordinator, but when you saw some of those runs where, like, <sighs> what, what, I'm sorry, did six defenders to just congregate along the sideline over here and yeah. like where how is there not a safety anywhere on any of those As runs? Royce says where's safety man <laughs> and that's not like that was not a good illinois team like there's some oh, there's some well, they're on the verge there, of firing a coach too well yeah. not two because the gophers aren't going to fire a coach the, a, a head coach anyways the right. only team in the big 10 that's given up more points and yards through six games illinois they're worse <laughs> than you yeah. They scored on runs of 72, 72 yards, and and 77 yards, and they scored on pass plays of 67 and 30 yards on Saturday. Well, gentlemen, if you're going to watch a putrid Gophers... Mackie and Judd are back. Please, continue. On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic. Let's go to Hopkins. We've got a vehicle spun out uh, that's causing a delay on 169 northbound. That's uh, between... Uh, near Excelsior Boulevard. So that's uh, adding about seven minutes to your commute. And also 94 westbound, we've got a crash in Minneapolis. Uh, in that uh, that tough place in Minneapolis between 5th Street and 35W. 
Factor in an extra eight minutes there. Thank you, Manny. All right, what's our what's our PJ flight? We're okay. very poll happy on the show today. We got We've three got like, going right now. We got a Vikings poll going. We got a, a speed poll going between uh, Cook and Buxton in this one. How long should PJ Fleck be given? Two years, three years, four years, or the Phil Mackey eight-year plan? That's that's from today or or total. That is from today. So, so he's two in, years. So total he would be is not. It's so he would be today. right. So he would be. So if you're saying two years, you're basically saying with the way that this year has gone, he'll be fired. But that's only thirteen percent. That's not bad. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not giving him eight years from today. But in two years from today. If it's not improved, if there's not, you know, if if you're back to a f- another freshman quarterback in two years or something, mm-hmm. I could see. Well, that's where it's tough. I mean, they've got a couple walk-on caliber dudes now. Is there a quarterback that he's going to go with next year that's different again? They got the Prairie be, kid coming, right? And, and is that going to be he's supposed the, to be good? And we don't know. Now, yeah. if, if if he likes Tanner Morgan and Tanner Morgan or Annex Dad, if he gets back in, and all of a sudden now you've got a junior quarterback in a couple years that you like, okay, that. Then you've done a good job. But how often have we seen coach after coach after coach come in, can't find a quarterback? Are we sure that going into year three, or as he puts it, year two, because year one was year zero, um, are we sure that he's sure about the quarterback position right now? Because I don't know. I feel like the offense looks like it has a clue, which I can't consistently say for gopher football throughout the years. So it's 344 votes so far. 51% say four years, which I think... Four years is very fair. Um, three From now, so you're going to give them six total years. So, so twenty percent say three years, thirteen percent say two years, and sixteen percent say eight years from now. Okay, so fifty-one, fifty-one percent. I because it's going to the thing about this defense is it was just so damn bad. It it, it rightfully so overshadowed everything because I think this offense has a clue. I think this offense looks. Yeah. I, I think the way it's being run, and you name me, when is the last time that the Minnesota Gophers had three wide receivers who look as good as this trio? Yeah, it's, I mean, I can't. I can't tell you three guys like this. Well, who is Eric Decker's next next receiver? Because that would have been that would have been the answer, maybe. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I I actually like both of these quarterbacks. I don't think either one of them is going to play in the NFL or anything like that. But I actually, as college quarterbacks, I think they both have some potential. And they're both, I mean, Anikstead's 18 years old. So, I mean, to expect him to really do much better than what he's been doing is is a bit much to ask. And Tanner Morgan is a redshirt freshman, and you can kind of see that he's at least been in the building and 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 kind of gets it and he can make some good throws. I the offense is fine to me in terms of just the the potential and the where they can where they can go cuz I like these receivers and yeah. the offensive line I think has shown some improvement. They're going to make mistakes. They had some fumbles and everything on Saturday, but that's going to happen. The defense is where I'm concerned because I just don't know if I don't know my thing with the defense. I don't know if there's a there's much of an identity there. I don't think they. There's really not right know. now. I don't. Think but there they, can be. I don't think they know. Here's my where suggestion. They're going to go on that side of the ball yet. I tweeted this on Saturday. If I'm PJ Fleck, I call Mike Zimmer up and I say, Mike, can I spend a week observing and learning? I won't even say a word, but I need to know more. And so. You don't have to coddle me. You don't have to. But if I can just observe, if I can pick your brain essentially for a week, because 
at least that that would give PJ the opportunity then to potentially hire a defensive coordinator with a better clue of exactly what he wants. You know, yeah, you know what's I I, I don't know if this is the solution, but. When you watch college football games, the thing that stands out to me is how often the players who are making the calls on offense, and so the quarterback on offense, and then usually one of the linebackers on defense, how often they're staring at the sidelines, just like mouth agape, looking for direction, right? And, that, mm-hmm. and that's what happens when you're coaching 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, unlike when you've got the Vikings defense. And yeah, like they'll look to the sidelines for stuff, but... Hey, if the if the tempo's picking up and you get a big third down, do you see ten NFL defenders looking over? So, I think in college, if you can just get to the point where whatever system you run, all of those guys know exactly what they're doing. They don't have to look over with their mouth agape. Uh, uh, is it, show me the sign. Like like their it's arms, Big Bird. No, right? it's Cookie Monster. We know what those no, it's Bird and Ernie. Do the Bird and Ernie play. When you when you when you've got Zach Annex dad like flapping his wings next to a picture of a cupcake, a yes. Family Guy character. I know. How funny what was if, that what, to watch? By the way, yeah. you're right because I kept looking. It's like this guy three weeks ago was the starting quarterback. Now he's going cluck 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 cluck. What the hell? Wouldn't it be hilarious if those signs and Zach Annex dad flapping his wings meant absolutely nothing? They were just dummy signs. Wings. What do it's you do? I'm a backup quarterback who flaps my wings. You tell you tell the quarterback, oh hey, we really gosh. need you. If you don't flap your wings every single time when the play clock's running down, <laughs> they won't know what play to run. <laughs> Punk him. Hold up the sign that, that has two oars versus one. <laughs> oh, okay, that was really funny. But it bothers me so much when the clock's running down and or it's a key third down play and like ten defenders are all staring over at the sideline. Well, create a system that they can operate within. It feels like. When you're giving up 400, was it 430 yards rushing to the bleeping Illini? Yeah. Come on. When you're giving up that many yards, it's not just... <laughs> Almost 700 yards of total offense against Nebraska. Okay. But it's it's not just that you are bad at tackling, or that and that's part of it, or that you're bad at whatever. You can't think fast enough to do what you have to do. Unless you're telling me that this defensive coordinator was just so bad at putting the chess pieces in the right spots, well, which well, maybe that's, that's part of it too. That's my thing. That's what I'm wondering is, and and I'm not trying to pile on PJ here, but I, I'm just curious if I could just sit down with PJ for five minutes and just, I would just want to ask him, what was it about Rob Smith that made you think this was the right guy? Because he was the defensive coordinator for Brett Bielema in Arkansas, and that defense was bad. So I'm I'm just I would just be curious to know like what was it when you interviewed Rob Smith and you thought this was the guy that's going to coordinate my defense what was it that sold you on him and the connection between those two was was Rutgers correct with Shiano was when, it Rutgers? Oh, are P- they both Shiano men yes that P- makes me feel better PJ was an assistant under Shiano with with this guy with Smith yes yeah hmm. so they're both Rutgers guys rule of thumb Rutgers and Maryland off my list. Bielema off my yeah. list. Dude, have you guys seen the the headshot of the interim defensive coordinator? I, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. It is awesome. <laughs> he's like, he looks. I saw, I saw Nadine tweet tweet that out. He's got this picture, stoic. Yeah. He looks like a man who's been sentenced to coach this defense. He does. That's the that's the look you of want, a man who has to be with the Gopher football program you, for an undetermined amount of time. You want me to what? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be the interim DC. It'll be what? Smile for your photo. <laughs> Stone face. No. 
the official football hour trademark starts when we come back here. Matthew College is going to join us. Uh, the Vikings got to feel pretty good about that win over the Lions. It wasn't perfect, but it was decisive, and now they're 5-3-1. and one. And by the way, they just flexed, the NFL flexed that Sunday game with the Bears, if you missed it earlier today. That's going to be back-to-back Sunday night games for the Vikings on NBC out of the bye against division opponents. So uh, pretty nice little spotlight for the Vikings. We'll talk a lot more about yesterday and get back to our 19 polls, too, that are available on Twitter.com slash 1500ESPN. Mackie and Judd, Manny Hill is here from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN.